Hey, what's up, everybody? I want to do a quick cold open here for my interview with Sophia Hickerson. I met this young lady at Comic Palooza 2021, as well as the same place I met Nico when they came to my panel. And uh, we get into all that in the interview. It's about 38 minutes or so, but I want to say this because at one point in time, I get lost in the interview. So I don't want you guys to think that... Uh, <laughs> Uh, that it, something happened or whatever. I actually played the interview for uh, somebody, and they were like, dude, what happened? What, what, what's going on? What happened was I essentially had six questions, and I was going to ask them in a, a, a specific order. Well, within the first five minutes, she knocked out all the questions by accident. She didn't know the questions I had. And I'm sitting there scrambling to try to come up with stuff, so then I'm remembering things she said. So we get into D&D conversation, things I never thought I would hear about. I never heard, of, I've heard of D&D, but I never knew what D&D was actually about until actually listening to her say it. A extremely talented person. She's in school, all this stuff. We're actually looking forward to getting her as she gets closer and closer to her current Palooza uh, debut, essentially, um, in july of this year so yeah so i just want to let you guys know that because i was a little concerned once the person that was like helping me edit the show was like hey what's going on here and i was like oh that sounds uh makes me seem like i'm about to have a heart attack or something but it's not we're good just got thrown off for a second but it's okay so check out the interview with sophia hickerson we are out everybody welcome to the show i see things a little differently i'm still chemical i have a special guest on today sophia hickerson and we actually met um at comic palooza the same day i met nico and i told her back in july i'll bring her on i completely forgot um but she had posted something on instagram the other day we're gonna get into all her information down the road you guys will get all the information for her. and um i said oh i i need to bring her on and so she's on right now. So how are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing just fine. Thank you so much for inviting me to come on the show. No worries, um, no worries. So is this your first interview? Uh, yes, sir, it is. Or at least my first podcast interview. You know, I've done job interviews, but right, nothing right. like this. So <clears throat> this is going to be laid back. I, I did write down six questions. Very informal questions, though. But it's more about the audience getting a chance to really know who you are. Because I saw your stuff at Comic Palooza. Let's start there. What brought you to Comic Palooza that day? Well, it is my hometown's com biggest Comic Con. You know, I live in North Houston, and it is the biggest one that I kind of have the resources to visit. And I just love being among nerd culture. I like nerdy things i like comics i like seeing all the small business and small artists 
Plus, my sister had a booth, so I was being an assistant at that booth at the time of the last con. What is your sister's booth exactly? Uh, she has the Dragon's Cauldron. It sells like hand-sewn pet bow ties and scrunchies that are have both basic and nerdy patterns on them. Okay, I did not know that actually. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, that's the thing that people don't really realize is that is a, under normal circumstances, there's usually a Comic Con every weekend somewhere in this country uh, or around the mm-hmm. world, if we're being honest. Um, and I will say this, and me and Nico talked about this a little bit when he came on. Like, Comic Palooza isn't necessarily the best, in my opinion, or in our opinion, I guess, for indie creators. It's such a big con. It's about when you go there, you're going there for the celebrities. You, you really go in there for that. That's the draw. And if you're able to get your foot in the door as indie creator, in my opinion, because that was my second time going, it's benefited me both times. Like, this time was a little bit slower for me because we were under still COVID restrictions. But my first time going to Houston at Comic Palooza was actually really freaking awesome. It was, it was like, it was pretty groundbreaking for me. So that is a pretty good con. So you, you came to my panel, which was a very informal panel. They wanted me to stand, they want me to sit on that stage. I said, I'm not doing that stupid. Um, so it was very informal, but... I saw some of your work. What got you into drawing? Uh, to be honest, watching cartoons every single day as a kid and wanting to make my own cartoon. Uh, I love Disney movies. I'm a huge animation buff. If you need anyone to rant for an hour on animation, I'm your girl. But just watching that, I'm just like, I want to be a part of it. So I just started doodling in my notebook. Then I started doodling my own characters and making my own silly stories. And one thing led to the another. I'm in art college, that's, studying to do comics. That's funny because I was actually asked you that what because you had told me when we talked last week you were like you have school coming up and I've. I have six months left of school myself. I'm about to ask what kind of school you're in, but it makes sense you're in art school. So, since you're in school, we already know why you got the drawing. What, how do I want to ask this? What kind of stories do you want to tell? I want to tell, I definitely know what niches my storytelling falls into, and that is kind of lighthearted, tongue-in-cheek humor. I do like covering serious subjects, but always with that kind of like tongue-in-cheek, occasional gag to break the drama type of storytelling, almost like Gravity Falls or Guardians of the Galaxy pulls with Mm. its storytelling styles. Um, I enjoy more cartoonish things, so stylistically I go away from the realism and I really like fantasy stories. So I like to do like high fantasy Dungeons and Dragons. That's a huge presence on my social media, any of my social medias, if you'd visit them. I love Dungeons and Dragons and all the whole high fantasy scene. Yeah, so see, I've never gotten into Dungeons and Dragons or anything like that. So I have no clue what any of that's about. Um, and I don't know, to be honest with you, <clears throat> part of the reason why I forget, I'm not absolving myself from forgetting, but the show, we. When I first brought back this show, because I had a podcast uh, a couple of years ago, and then I moved across country, and I just didn't have the time to keep up with the podcast, so I kind of got out of the way. Then during the first quarantine, I said I had the itch to bring back the podcast, and it wasn't just me. I had people who, from the previous show, emailed me and everything, and I want this show to be different from the last show, right? So what I did was, <clears throat> I decided to talk about wrestling and pop culture, two things I like the most. Uh, and so the first two shows I did... And I told the story in the podcast before. 
I didn't like the way the transitions were. It felt weird going from wrestling to Marvel Comics or the MCU. <clears throat> it was just a weird transition. And I've seen, and I actually did studying. I, I studied people on YouTube who were transitioned from one thing to the other. I think they did a good job either. <laughs> I thought I was like, this is a terrible transition. So I, ended up, <laughs> so I ended up making my show two different days, Monday and Wednesday show. And Wednesday focuses on one thing, Monday focuses on the other thing. So as fans of the show will know, around this time last year in 2021, the Wednesday show was really not that good. Like, I, I ran out of ideas for it. Every idea I had, I already recorded. And we were still in a slump from no movies or real entertainment. I mean, WandaVision was coming around, but whatever. Anyways, it doesn't matter. As When me and you first met, that's when the Wednesday show really got into gear. And so I was like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. And that's why, essentially, I forgot. But with me saying that, I, my, my next question is... that I'm, I'm more giving excuses why I forgot about you. <laughs> You're good. Um, but but no, I, but but no, uh, it was. But you do. I actually do like your artwork, and you. I do. And you said something earlier. You said something about how you tend to go off. You didn't use this word, but you said off script or off off the base of the characters or whatever or the look. And I do mm-hmm. believe your style is like that. I believe it's kind of like this. It's gonna be a weird comparison. But I compare your style of art to like a rapper who raps off beat. It still sounds good. It's just one of those things. It's just different. And to me, when I first saw when I first saw your artwork, I was like, "Wow, that she has some real talent," you know. And I couldn't place your style at all. And because like the first thing we try to do when we meet somebody new is we're like, "All right, let's put them in a box that makes us comfortable with that," you know. And I just mm-hmm. couldn't put your style in a box. Like, wow, her style is pretty unique, you know. And anyways, let me get to the question. The question is, you said you know your niche, and I, but I really want to know, like, let's say if I don't know, Adult Swim or whatever, whoever still exists comes to you today. Says, we need an elevator pitch from you. What story do you, don't give away something you're working on in secret, but what would you pitch to them that you think could get you on your way to the top? Um, I would probably pitch to them a story that I, not definitely not something off the top of my hat. I would definitely use one of my, the at least semi-fleshed out projects that I have. Um, I'd probably pitch to them definitely, I wouldn't, ah, words, hi. Uh, I would definitely pitch something more catered to the studio. Like I know Adult Swim does adult animation and I am perfectly willing to pitch an adult comedy or an adult story-driven comedy and do a little bit of research, like knowing what the studio likes to put out. I'd also change my pitch kind of based on knowing what they like to put out, but still make it as distinctly me. But no, you know? but no, I don't know. Cause I told you we're, we're coming at you right now. This is your <laughs> opportunity. You have to be, cause you have to remember it's quite, it's here's the thing. So I, I, I was listening to an interview from Will Smith. And how we got Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was he was at a party and Quincy Jones, the manager, said, hey, I have this idea for this show for you. Quincy Jones wants you to come to his house right now and, and rehearse for it. Will Smith said, all right, give me four months. He said, all right, you know what happens in that four months? They hire somebody else. Get your button gear and come over here. So that's why I'm putting I'm putting you on the spot right now. Because you're stuck. Okay. So like I come to you, I'm an executive at Adult Swim. Hey, Sophia, we, we want, we seen your comics, we seen your art. You think you're talented? What's your Where's your idea? We, we you have any ideas for us that maybe we could work on together? Okay, 
office comedy, except it is goblins working under a big mean war boss, kind of like playing off of the classic fantasy tropes of adventurers slaying the low-level goblins to get into the dungeon, except it is from the goblin's perspective, and it is a goblin that distinctly wants to quit his job but has no other job opportunities. All right. I got a little office space vibes from there. Um, let, let's talk about, for a second, I want to, you said something earlier. I don't know anything about, I, where I was going, I kind of lost track, I kind of was all over the place, sorry. You said Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know if my audience, that was the point you bring up my audience. I don't know if they know anything about Dungeons and Dragons. I know I know nothing about Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I don't know a lot about a lot of things, mainly because what I grew up with, I like, I still like to this day, like I like TMNT, Marvel, DC, all comic books, pro wrestling. But D and D is something I never got into. I know it's huge. What got you into that? And tell me what that's about, because I don't. I really don't know. Okay. Well, to give a brief summary of D and D before I get into what got me into it, it's pretty much Lord of the Rings, but a choose-your-own-adventure board game. So every time you play, it's a different adventure that you and you, the other people in playing the game choose together. It's a teamwork game. And what got me into it is that I really liked that aspect of choose your own adventure because I was already loving to make my own stories. So it's another medium to make your own stories through collaboratively with a group of people. Um, I started listening to a podcast called The Adventure Zone, highly recommend and then I pestered my fiancé and his friends until we finally got a game together about four years ago. And that game has been running every week for four years to this day. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, 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 that's commitment. That is real commitment there. All right, so it was clear what your, what your um, like, you've made, like, honestly, I was I have six questions here. They've all been asked. You, you, you answered everything <laughs> so far, except for one. We'll get to that later down the road. But I remember you, you showed me your stuff. Do you, I know you're currently in school. Do you have plans in the, the near future to maybe self-publish your own stuff? Or are you just kind of just going to wait to pitch your stuff to the bigger people like Image and Dark Horse, etc.? Like, what exactly are your plans for this? Like, how do you feel like you can make your stuff happen? Because... Um, as we all know, when you, we all have ideas, <laughs> mm-hmm. and when we when when we go to Marvel, DC, the, some of the bigger places, you're giving up some somewhat creative freedom for your name to put your name to put out there more. Have you thought about actually self publishing any of your own stuff, or you just, or are you kind of focused on hey maybe I can get the bigger companies to see what it, I have to offer. I'll admit, especially during the start of my career, I was like, big publishing is where it's at. And like, that was like my main focus. And in fact, over this winter break, I have been talking with my career advisor and doing a lot of applications to try and nab a summer internship with either an animation company or like a comic book company, because with my degree, I can do storyboarding or comics. It's essentially the same thing you learn you can do both as a comic artist but now my professors have been kind of like prompting like hey you can do both and we recommend 
both. So I'm kind of taking some of my ideas and like recontextualizing and see which ones would work better as big story pitches and which ones I might be able to pull off as self-publishing or a webcomic. I actually have one that I think would be really fun as a webcomic that it's just the bare bones ideas right now, but I'm going into a comic book scripting class that I would hope to flesh it out more. And I have a children's book that I need to scan in that I would really want to self-publish here in the next six months or so. Okay, so do you have... The hardest thing people don't realize is, because I've published, self-published a lot of books, I've been published as well. The thing about self-publishing is, I think it's like anything with independent workers, whether it's music, whether it's comics, whatever it is. When you're independent, you have all the freedom you want creatively, but the hardest part is the marketing part. Have you thought about mm-hmm. the aspect of your yet? Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Marketing and networking is probably one of my weaker aspects of the whole comics game. And I know, and that's one that I'm kind of really working on. Uh, one resource that I have found that's very good for getting into that is actually um, my school, the Savannah College of Art and Design, offers a lot of clubs and discords for all the other students that are also getting into comics. So we're all talking to each other and reviewing each other's work and like networking among other comic artists and how to better market ourselves to a greater audience. Um, and just, you know, idle, I'm researching in my spare time on how to better market myself trying to create, trying to keep a steady content flow. I know with school starting, my content flow is going to take a hit, but I'm still going to try and keep it up because I know last semester I was, I didn't post for 10 weeks and it is shameful because just school ruined my art productivity. Yeah, I I think, I think it's a lot of people's weakness though. Like when I look at certain people like a a Zack Snyder or Eric Bischoff, that's from, he's from the wrestling world. Those guys come from a marketing background. So those guys are natural salesmen as it is. So Mm -hmm. like, so like when you see certain people, you just know they're good at like to me, even if you don't think a Zack Snyder stuff is the best, you look at the way he talks, the way he interviews, he just interviews so well to the point where it's like, all right, you, you are a salesman, you know, I think when it comes to indie creators, I think that's the, always the struggle because and me and Nico had this conversation in private off, off, uh, recording um but he was asking about hey how do you publish work but still live (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. and that's a complicated question and a complicated answer because it depends on the situations you have like your example you just said you have a fiance he has a significant other as well i am single af so i can Mm -hmm. um i can put a, a lot of uh time and effort and and funds into into this type of thing without it being a hindrance, you know, but I, I think that's a lot of people's witnesses, though, it, it is the marketing aspect of it. And there's no, in my opinion, there's no perfect way to get that. Um, just because even when you network, and this is just from what I found from my experience, you may meet some great people, right? I've met some really great people on the independent scene. I've also met some really lazy people on the independent scene. So it's like, you're kind of like sitting there doing your thing and you're, and you're like, all right, I'm ready for this. And you're like, right, let's do this. And all of a sudden you realize the person that you thought was going to keep up with you, they're like wheezing in the background. And you're like, oh, I thought you were right next to me, you know? <laughs> um, so don't, I wouldn't feel too bad about that. I think we all have that, we all have that weakness to a degree. Like, mm-hmm. I remember, I can't think of this one guy. Gosh, I, this is why I still use Facebook. I don't have Facebook anymore. <laughs> 
Um, but he was a guy who, shoot, he made a bunch of money on Kickstarter. And it was, he had, all of his comic book characters were like, essentially like knockoffs of DC characters. But he, but oh. think, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I know exactly. I don't know the, the what exact property you're talking about, but I know the concept. I, I've it's the thing you've seen a million times before the thin, thinly veiled copycat. Right, right. But I remember like one of his kickstarts. He was asking for like ten grand. He was at a hundred grand, and I was like, "Wow, how do you do that?" You know, and and I've had one successful Kickstarter. That I've only tried one Kickstarter, but to me, I think. How I, how I ended up feeling more comfortable with my marketing was just selling to people I know, you know, mm-hmm. and just, and, and that's, that's how you start, but that, that's the thing that's everyone's weakness. But I will say this. Yeah. You can't go 10 weeks without content. That is, that that's, that's something I learned as well. Cause last year I spent, well, I spent the last two years technically writing one story and it was a major story for my career, but you were wrote a story and you're like, man, I'm not getting the the pop I want. Oh, absolutely. You want to tell us about that situation? Um, yeah. For my for a portfolio piece that I'm working on, because you know, to apply for internships, they got the they care more about your portfolio than your application. Mm. So you have to have a portfolio that's really tight. So I was writing my own script because they don't want fan works. They don't want pre-written stuff. They want your own IPs in this stuff. And I just, I could not get the script to tighten down as much as I wanted. And it still needs some tightening down. I'm not going to lie. But I found that pausing and making note cards making Mm. little like bullet points and messing with the bullet points until i'm happy with the script only as bullet points before going into detail helps me get the snap because that way i know i have the snap queued up eventually right right so you said something interesting there because there's a question that i get asked a lot when i do panels and I'm actually going to lower my panel account this year to focus more on my work and less on networking, just because I, I, I got roped into doing panels from a promoter, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of times I don't have the, pro- I don't feel like I have, I'm like, why? I don't think people want to hear me talk. I mean, people do, but <laughs> um, I feel like I don't have the proper answers. You said something about portfolios, right? That's a question I get asked all the time. I don't, I don't have an answer for it though. What do you think makes a good portfolio? Uh, what makes a good portfolio? I have taken, I was like, my college drills that in your head, like as one of the top things to get down. What makes a good portfolio is your best work. You do not put anything you do not consider your best work in your portfolio. If you're like, eh, it's good. I need to pad it out. No, mm. they it is better to have one really good pieces than five mediocre pieces in your portfolio. And if you have too many pieces, they won't look at it. Or if you don't have it organized enough, they won't look at it. So you have to also have it organized for the different skill sets and genres. If you're applying to be an inker for comics, which is 
doing the line art over someone else's sketches. You want to have your inking separated from your sketching because they only want to see your inking. And if they're like, your sketching is great, but we're looking for your inking and we only have five minutes to review this portfolio and we can't find your inking, you'll get passed over. See, that's interesting because that's a, that's a, a great way to break it down or steal that actually. But um, it, it's, it's, I, it's, it's your resume. And I remember, mm-hmm. I remember I had an interview with a company a couple years ago, and the guy said, your resume's too long. And I remember it was a page. It was a full page. And I remember I lowered it to a full page because it was actually two pages. And I was like, well, I lowered it to two pages. He says, yeah, if I can't get it off, jump. I said, but I was like, and I got confused by that because I see resumes like I see the credit score. It's all bullshit unless it, unless it, unless it works in your favor. It's bullshit. Like I just I, like when you hear all the different rules of how you get the credit score, it's it's ridiculous. Well, I don't, I, that's a rant I'll spare you from. But resumes and portfolios are the same because people do want you just to have that that pop and sizzle. And a lot of times, what I find, and this is something that uh, I learned from New York Comic Con when I got invited there a few years ago, it was what you think may pop be prepared to be humbled it may not be what other people will be pop what what other people may think is popping so that's why i'm like that's why a lot of times i'm like if you think something is all right but you hear a ton of compliments on it that needs to be in your portfolio that's always Uh that's the only answer i've ever been able to give anybody and that's from my own personal experience have you ever had that to where like you drew something and it's like this is uh but then other people see it and like man that's really freaking good unfortunately yes it's just like eh, i didn't have fun drawing it i think it's kind of mediocre and they're just like no this is good keep doing it and i have to look at it in my hands like <laughs> like an ugly baby like i have to help this ugly baby grow into something less ugly right, in right. my eyes because everyone else thinks this ugly baby is adorable right yeah, but but you have to embrace that because i'm also a musician as well and I've noticed when I do songs that I absolutely love, everyone else hates them. Like, I mean, like when people hear me, like, you like that song? I'm like, oh, wow, fix your face, you know? It, it, but then I see songs that I think are mediocre and they're like, this is the best thing you've done. I'm like, what? No, I, I, but you have to, I, I had to learn to embrace that because like you said, it's like an ugly baby. I'm like, I still love you though, you know? And, and you, you have to learn to embrace that because I think that's what, what I've noticed also is I don't know how many interviews you listen to or YouTube things you listen to. Like when I when I'm on the um, in the airport a lot, I watch a lot of interviews or listen to a lot of interviews that really help kind of uh, ease my ego, I guess. Like when I'm <laughs> when I'm feeling when I'm in my feelings or whatever. But like a lot of times I hear artists and musicians who their songs that they have that I absolutely think are the best thing ever. Or like the, the like the writings are the best thing ever, and they're like, I hate that. It's the worst thing I ever did. And I was like, who? T- if that's the worst thing you ever did, give it to me. You know. So I, I do think we need to embrace that more as artists. Um, as we're winding down here, because I think we're almost at the thirty minute mark, and I'm gonna keep you too long. But as we're winding down here, I do have a question for you. I do. Have, I have multiple questions for you actually. What does 2022 bring besides school? Like, is there any? Anything, do you want to collaborate with people? Do you want to go to more Comic-Cons? And once again, as resources are finite right now. They're not necessarily mm-hmm. the best for everybody. But do you have anything that you're like, hey, 
I don't know if I can do that this year, but I want to do that this year. Uh, I definitely want to move forward on my children's book project. It is pretty much like I completely drew it. I have the script. It's just compositing and actually like, you know, submitting it to publishers or self-publishing that needs to happen. That is something I definitely would like to do. I would like to possibly attend more cons, but I know my traveling resources are limited, so it'll probably have to still be Texas cons, but fingers crossed. Um, there's a small chance I'll be able to actually get a booth and sell at a con, so I'll have to be prepping products for that because of Comic Palooza's vendor weirdness that's going on. What, sorry, Kachov. When you say um, weirdness, what does that mean? Sorry, Kachov. What, what do you mean? You said it twice now. So what has happened? Because last year at Comic-Con, it was like scaled back to half the size and everyone's booth got moved around. They've sent out an email to all the vendors giving essentially saying, okay, if you were with us last year or and or the year before, we've saved your spot from 2019 Mm. or yeah, 2019. The last time they had their full, big, unrestricted con. We've recorded that spot, and you get that spot or the spot that's closest to it as a guaranteed consolation, just to kind of make sure everyone's still getting in and getting in their spots. That sounds fair. Which for for my sister's business, it's so-so. Our spot was decent but not amazing, but still. And my sister's wedding is coming up, so they might actually have to give the spot to me as an artist because she might not be able to sell. Mm. Okay, so I know you, that makes sense. Like I think every con is gonna probably go through that because um, I did not go to New York Comic Con last year. I kind of <laughs> I got invited, <laughs> and the thought of going to New York with, with Corona all around still, I want no part of that. I just I just was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> um, but no, I think every con is kind of doing that now. They're trying to honor people's past uh loyalty and and i, I, I get the word in this part now you're you pretty much you it doesn't mean yeah, that you say- have a good spot yeah and i'm not saying what they're doing is a bad thing i'm just saying it is not what they normally do no 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 and i, I didn't take it that, like that either and i hope no one else took it like that either like like if you go to enough cons you understand the importance of being in certain places like i was fortunate enough to the <sighs> The reason why I even went to Comapalooza, I don't know if I ever told this story on the show before. The my first con, my first Comapalooza was in 20, 2017 or twenty eighteen, one of those two, right? The only reason I even went to Houston is the same reason I went to Houston last year. Me and a friend, or me and an acquaintance, we both got double booked that weekend. We didn't want to give our spots up. He lives in Florida, so he said, "I'm gonna do the Florida con if you go to Texas, or we can switch, right? Either way." So that's what we decided to do. And, like, he's the one that kind of taught me, because I shared a booth with him before. He's the one that kind of taught me, hey, you need to, you want, if you want to invest in a booth that's here, not here. You want to invest in a booth that's next to someone that, you can't, you can't help who you're next to, but you, if you have a spot next to someone and they, and it's an empty spot, you guys need to cover that spot up. And it's, 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 it is Comic Con weirdness and there's a lot of, uh, underneath politics to it so no i I didn't take it like that um um i don't think anyone else did either so anyways last thing um how can people find you on social media okay um well my at is 
caught drawing on Instagram, caught under slash drawing. Uh, I am caught drawing on Twitter, though I'm only just starting like to try and understand Twitter. So my <laughs> posts there are Good luck slow. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is uncharted waters for me. Um, I mainly post on my Instagram. Uh, you can also find my website at sophiahickerson.myportfolio.com. Um, and I also have a currently a bit inactive Etsy shop at the Dragon Studio, which I hope to maybe make a bit more active right now. It just has a coloring sheet on it, but I'm hoping to maybe put a bit, a few more stickers or something. You can find some of my stickers on my sister's shop, the Dragon's Cauldron, on Etsy and Instagram and TikTok. Oh, wow. Yeah, first of all, good luck trying to figure out Twitter. If you figure it out, that means you deserve the Nobel Peace Prize um, <laughs> for that. I That's another thing I refuse to get on into is Twitter. Uh, but I know Twitter could be so beneficial because people are so active on it. And I know it can lead to more. So if I ever work up the courage to do that, I, it, it, it would be a task, I know. But I know, I know t- uh, Twitter can be... Very useful yeah. to a lot of people. So, anyways, pretty much every professional and advisor I have said has said if you want to network, go to Twitter. Which no, small no, suggestion? No, no, they're not wrong. I I agree. Um, it's really weird because um during the first iteration of this podcast, my cousin who was a former co-host had a Twitter. We got a lot of followers from uh, the show from that Twitter. Some people that still follow me to this day, they end up leaving. They don't leave Twitter, but they end up getting Instagram and following me on there as well. But um, it's more of here's my thing. I have I don't think I don't think I ever said this on the show either. I have two cell phones I'm responsible for. One is the business line. One is the personal line. I'm just not. And even with me saying that, I'm not always around my phone. Either one of them. So like Twitter is so here and now. So, like, if you have at the Twitter, you have to be, oh, boom, you have to be on your phone, like, looking. I'm just not that kind of person to be on my phone that much. Um, my manager has suggested that he do it. Um, but I'm like, dude, like, I text you and text me for, like, two weeks. Like, how are you going to be connected to, the, to it like me? So, anyways, but um, it was, I was so glad to get you on the show. Um, as we get co- closer to Common Palooza, I think it's going to be at its normal time this year, which is, like, Memorial Day weekend, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's, like, July? Oh, is it still I, July? I thought, I thought they went back to, I, I got an email from them. Maybe they changed it. Let's look it up. I was like, I'm Googling it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, July 2022. Oh, they changed it then. Okay, because I got this email, and it was... Maybe back in September, and they said they're gonna be right back at the normal time, so like Memorial Day weekend. So that's interesting. Um, maybe they had no choice but change it back, because uh, as you said, they're being kind of iffy with everything. Anyways, mm-hmm. as we get, as we get closer to, to uh, Comic Palooza, you and I will stay in contact, uh, and I will see if you're actually doing the booth thing this year, and we'll bring you back on so we can get some people to go to your booth and everything. Um, me and Nico are actually getting a booth somewhere together this year too. Um, but I'm oh, nice. Yeah, but we're probably going to I told him, I said, if I'm going to do something like that, I'm probably going to invest my time in one of the top five Comic-Cons. Um, I just don't like 
for me, like I said, Comic Palooza is great. For me, I like Comic Palooza because it brings, under normal circumstances, I'm doing air quotes there, it bring, the celebrities bring everyone else and that you can benefit off of it, right? As you know, because your sister and you have been, or your sister yeah. has her own business. However, I feel like when I've been at the bigger cons that have been invited to, like New York or ECC or uh, C2E2, I feel like you benefit more from there because more indie creators go there looking for uh, looking for portfolios, looking to put their stuff out there. And also, at the same time, DC, uh, DC Marvel, Dark Horse, uh, all these other places. LB! Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, they 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 Sorry. look for no you're good they look for um believe it or not this show has so many weird sounds my humidifier goes off all the time during the, when we're recording surprisingly it's going off now um <laughs> it, it's fine but um but no I feel like they can it can you can benefit more from the bigger cons and your time can be uh, more useful there because I I actually don't I don't know let me ask you this last question matter of fact before you go me and Nico have have discussed this now in the show though. I I don't necessarily think it's beneficial to stay all three or four days at Comic Con. I think you get burnt out. I don't think Sunday is beneficial because Sunday is kind of like, uh, hey, I'm selling everything mode, and none of the mm-hmm. and none of the bigger companies are really even talking to anyone at that point in time. What do you, what do you, what, what say you on that? Uh, as an indie creator. Yeah. I find that um, if a con is like four days, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I feel like it's more beneficial to be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and just give Sunday up, as opposed to staying there all four days. Because, yeah, because there are some things, because Sunday, it's like everyone's winding down, everyone's looking forward to going home. If you give someone your information, they might just stash it and forget about it. But you also might have a bit better opportunity on Sunday because you're missing, you're past the quote unquote lunch rush of everyone shoving their portfolios into the hands on the more busy days. So you might actually have a chance to make a bigger impression from being less competition. So I see merit in going all all the days, but then again, I look at it both as networking and as fun. So I think as long as you balance both, you can have fun all four days and then just, you know, kind of gauge how much you're networking throughout that time as well. Oh, yeah. See, I'm, I'm miserable when I go to these cons. So, <laughs> so, yeah, no, I can't. It's hard for me to balance that out. I actually had someone who um, I met them in Atlanta Comic Con and then they ended up coming to um this autograph signing i had in la and uh, it was really funny no indianapolis excuse me and it was really funny because i didn't i remember their face i remember i saw them before but i didn't remember us talking or what we talked about exactly and they were just like dude i remember when i talked to you in atlanta you were so miserable because i get really bad anxiety and that's why i didn't want to go on the stage that day because like dude the stage, the lights, it looks like the district attorney's like going to press you for murder charges or whatever. <laughs> I was like, it's just freaking weird I'm not doing that. Anyways, um, and so he told me, like, he was like, you just look so serious. So I tried to get a better balance. So that's why a lot of times when I go to these cons, I do now, kind of my balance is, I look and see who the celebrities are, and I kind of see, all right, I want to get one person's autograph. If I can get multiple, that's cool. That kind of calms me down to, like, have fun or whatever, but I noticed mm-hmm. when I go to when I've gone to all four days, which I refuse to do now, it just done. Uh, Sunday I'm too burned out. 
Sunday, I'm like, yeah, get the bleep out of here. I'm ready to go right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just think this that's just so hard to do because you have to keep a smile because you don't want to give anyone like a bad experience as well. Because even if you are, because that's the thing also, when you do approach these people on Sunday, like you have like this, um, what I've noticed is you you do have like this entire space to yourself. And if you're f- not fully there, they won't fully be there with you, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. And you can't go up to them, like, oh, with your hair all crazy, or, like, a <laughs> coffee stain on your shirt, just like a little wild animal because you're burnt out over the week. It's <laughs> like, hey, you want to hear my elevator pitch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good point. All right, all right. So, um, thank you for coming on. Check her out on Instagram at Caught Drawing. Check her out on Twitter, TikTok, everything she's on. And as I said, I won't forget. As a matter of fact, I, I just put it in my notes as well. As we get to closer to Comic Palooza, you and I will stay in contact. And if you want to come back on the show to promote your, your whatever you got going on, we got you. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. This has been such a delightful interview, and I can't wait to, like, I've started listening to your podcast. I can't wait to catch up, because I have quite a backlog to catch up on with your stuff. Uh, my suggestion is, uh, don't listen to the stuff. From, <laughs> start from June of last year. Uh, to me, the, to me, the Wednesday show got progressively better, just because I, the ideas start flowing more. It felt less forced. I, had, I started having, actually, a lot more fun doing it. Um, before it was just so stressful, dude. But anyways, um, I appreciate that. And like I said, we'll, we'll get you back on. So anyways, that is the show for this week. We are out.